Brooks Kepka getting it done at the PGA Championship with some historic numbers. So much to look at today. Let's jump right into it on this Data Monday. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thanks for being here today. I I went to uh, record, I got so excited, I recorded this entire podcast uh, last night and did not have my mic on. So this is a second time through, which will hopefully make it a little more polished. But uh, yeah, it, it, wasn't the, uh, it wasn't the best. But anyway, things, so much to go over today. So many cool things from the PGA Championship. Um, as far as the data and the stats and the situation and all that goes, so much went into that victory that when you start looking at the numbers, it gets super exciting and um, really, really cool stuff. So a couple things I wanted to do today just to sort of wrap up that the, the second major of the year, which has been so confusing, right? The PGA always was at the end. And uh, man, it's just messed with my mind trying to figure out, you know, I kept saying that Kepka was going to be three in a row, but no, that's the US Open. And ah, so anyway, bottom line is um, Brooks Kepka has now got back-to-back PGA championships and back-to-back US Opens. He will be going for three in a row at the US Open in Pebble Beach. So amazing play. This guy is a freak. You put pressure on this guy and he just goes to work. And the numbers, it's going to be interesting because when we go through the numbers, we can see a huge difference in his major play versus his just an everyday tournament play. And the bigger the venue and the bigger the spotlight, the better he plays, which is fascinating, I think, to all of us who have been put in pressure situations and have not reacted that way. So we'll take a look at all that. It's pretty cool and exciting stuff. What I wanted to do first, though, is jump right in. You'll remember at a previous show when we were trying to use data to figure out um, who was going to win the tournament. We went and took the Las Vegas odds and then went and applied different performance statistics of the different players and then ranked them based on those numbers. Uh, interestingly enough, out of the top 20 that we pulled out, Jordan Spieth was a 45 to 1 odds, and he finished dead last on our list. We know, we know that he finished tied three, and he led the field in putting, and he was extraordinary. And uh, it's amazing what a good putting performance will do for you. But this tournament was not one in putting which is what skewed the numbers. So as you'll remember, we had the following. I'll just go through the top five. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Justin Rose, and Jason Day as the top five. Um, Dustin Johnson obviously finished second. Uh, Rory McIlroy finished tied eighth. Brooks Kepka obviously won. Justin Rose finished tied 29 and lost 13 spots the last day by shooting a 72. And then Jason Day also shot a 72 and tied for 23rd uh, and gained three spots with a 72. So um, you've got Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, Patrick Cantlay, Tiger Woods obviously cut, Rom cut, Sergio Garcia cut, Tommy Fleetwood, mercy, bless his heart, a 78 on the final day to drop, uh, drop down to tied for 48th. He dropped 32 spots the final day. 
But anyway, what I did in these numbers is you go through and you look at a golf course and you say, okay, what is, what is the big problem with this golf course? And it, coming out from everybody before, this was before the rain hit, that it was going to be putting and driving. And so you, heavily, you more heavily weight those two items and how people are performing in those areas. And then you try to come up with these numbers. Where this thing got wrong, and I just kind of did some quick calculations. So I, I put a, a pretty heavy weight on putting. And it turns out that putting wasn't that important for Brooks Kepka's victory because he was so good in other areas of his game. If we take off that weight on putting, then this puts Brick Kepka up at the top. So pretty interesting stuff there. The data was close. I just weighted it improperly, and so I wasn't able to come up with the right number for you, but it was pretty solid. We did pretty well with the, the data and the performance numbers. It is important to see them uh, working into that tournament. We literally had no numbers on Tiger Woods. He hadn't played at all before that tournament. So very hard there, but uh, Vegas had Tiger Woods at 10 to 1 and Brooks Kepka at 10 to 1. So really missed on Tiger Woods, but nailed it with Brooks Kepka. So that's the first thing I wanted to go over. Sort of just let's recap and, and button up those uh, predictions that were based on the data. And Brooks Kepka got it done. And the data would have backed that up had we not weighted putting so heavily in our numbers. Cool. All right. So we'll just jump right into a couple things. We'll go through um, the rankings, how that changed for uh, Brooks Kepka. The consistency numbers we go through every week on a data Monday. And then we'll go through our, our baselines, which is kind of cool because um, you'll see. It's really interesting, fascinating numbers here. Then we'll talk about the money, what this did for his pocketbook. And then we'll wrap this baby up with a cool kind of comparison. We're going to look at the strokes gain advantage of, Bryce, of uh, Brooks Kepka versus Dustin Johnson. And um, just, just briefly, Brooks Kepka. When he went into, um, when he went in and those first two days, he was so dominant, right? I mean, he played so well. And if we look at strokes gain total, and, and as you know, strokes gain is just a measurement. It does two things, right? Strokes gain compares the player's performance against the field. So you're really only looking at everybody who's playing and that's it. You don't really look at anything else. It's not based on handicaps of members all over the world or anything. It's just those players playing that particular day on that particular course in, that, in those conditions, right? Now, conditions can change throughout the day. And that's one of the variables that, that kind of messes with strokes gain. But, but it's the closest we can get, right? Because we're doing it in a very tight period, right? An eight-hour period of play, typically those first two days. And so we've got, and then we've got, it measures, so player's performance against the field, and then it's able, strokes gain is then able to isolate um, player's performance into certain activities. So you've got, it started with strokes gain back in 2011, strokes gain putting. We've talked about that for years. And then we had strokes gain off the tee and strokes gain putting, I think in 2014. And now we've got strokes gain around the green, strokes gain putting, strokes gain tee to green, and strokes, and strokes gain um, tee, off the tee, right? So... Now we put those all together and that becomes our, our strokes gained total. I'm having a hard, hard time with that word today. So that's our strokes gained total. Well, if you look at um, Brooks Kepka and his performance for those first two days, he gained 10 strokes on the field the first day, round one. He gained 6.6 strokes on the field the second day for a 16.709 strokes gain total advantage over the field. 
Now, what does that mean? Well, I went back and looked over all the strokes gain totals for four days of all the tournament victors to this point in the year. And some of them, we can't do the match plays and different things. But of all the ones where we had a stroke gain total, the average stroke gain total for a victor, a champion of each one of these, to, of these total, the average for the entire field is 14.75. So Brooks Kepka in two days had, had a greater strokes gain, strokes gain advantage than the average of the entire year for all four days, which is pretty spectacular, honestly. Now, Brooks Kepka finished with an 18.5 strokes gain total for the tournament, and that is a dominant performance. There's only, there's only one other player this year that has finished above that, and that's Dustin Johnson. He finished at a 20.4 strokes gain advantage and that was back in, boy, that was back at the WGC Mexico. So Brooks Kepka, that's how dominant this performance was in a major. Um, that there's only been one other player, and it happened to be the guy that almost took him out that last day. So that's just amazing. Uh, those first two days set Brooks Kepka up. And what's really cool about this is the way it wasn't his putting. So, so we'll take a look at that. Um, so I wanted to dive right then back in. Let's dive right into the, the numbers, uh, the numbers as far as his rankings and how that changed. So in the FedEx Cup, he was ranked number five when he came into the week. He leaves the week as a PGA champion and ranked number two in the FedEx Cup, only behind Matt Kuchar. And his world golf ranking went from number three to number one. So he now bumped out his good buddy, Dustin Johnson, and now is number one in the world. As far as his consistency number, and the consistency number basically is the number of PGA Tour events he has entered, uh, divided by the number of cuts he has made, and that provides a number. In this, in this case, he has uh, been in 115 PGA Tour events, and he has made the cut 96 times for a consistency percentage of 83%. And as you look over the numbers, obviously the only person that we have in the 90s is Tiger Woods. Um, he missed the cut this time. That's going to hurt that a little bit. But kind of give you an idea of the type of player we're talking about. Those players that are in the 80s that have won this year, Rory McIlroy, Francisco Molinari, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, and, that's, and uh, Justin Rose. Okay? So those are the names. So this consistency number is really a good way to over time, identify elite players. And by elite, I mean those that are consistent week in and week out, suggesting that they have very good, a very good understanding of what their swing's doing. And they're very consistent uh, from top to bottom. And if you went and looked at their games, statistically, they are solid from in every aspect of the game. They take time to work on every aspect of their game, which is the whole impetus behind developing the benchmarks way of practicing that uh, we always talk about. So we are going to jump into those right now, and it's pretty fascinating. So um, as you know, we will look at Brooks Kepka's statistics from this week's performance, the PGA Championship's performance, and then versus his 28 for the entire year. Our benchmarks were, are set up based on an entire year on the PGA Tour. So they are um, tied to the PGA Tour's statistics. So driving accuracy, we'll start with that. 
Brooks Kepka on this very difficult, tight course. I mean, I saw some of those fairways looked ridiculous to me, ridiculously narrow. He averaged 59, 57% driving accuracy. And um, for 2018, he averaged 57%. Okay, so he was dead on his average from 2018 in a course that is far more difficult with the wind that was blowing up to 25 miles an hour on that last day. That is amazing. His driving accuracy for the week on that course is amazing um, because it equals what he normally does. Now, our benchmark for driving accuracy, where we measure our game against, is 55%. So if we are performing less than 55%, hitting less than 55% of our drivers, I mean fairways with our drivers, we would want to work on that aspect of the game. That's what these benchmarks mean. So those players, just to give us an idea of, of how legitimate these benchmarks are, those that are averaging less than 55% with their driver, Rory McIlroy, Phil Mickelson, and Tony Finau. Okay? Okay, greens and regulation. Um, and this was pretty, this was something else. This is where uh, Brooks Kepka won the tournament. He hit 74% of his greens. Now his 2018 average was 68%. So he was six points higher in this major versus his entire 2018 average. Our benchmark for greens and regulation is 65%. And those popular players that hit less than 65%, Phil Mickelson, Jason Duffner, and Patrick Reed. To kind of give you an idea where we're at. As far as sand saves, Brooks Kepka was only in the sand once and he didn't get up and down. So it's 0%, but it, he wasn't in there very much. His 2018 average was 54% out of the sand. Our benchmark is 45%. So Brooks Kepka would be okay as far as we're concerned. With the sand play, those that are less than 45%, Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, and Gary Woodland. And as many of you know, this worries me. It's a bit concerning because Tony Finau did give me a bunker lesson. So um, anyway, uh, but I believe that is when uh, Tony was working with David Ledbetter. So you would expect it not to be very good. Is that fair? Can I say that? Does that get me fired? I guess it's my own podcast. So anyway, strokes gain putting. So um, Brooks Kepka again, he averaged 1.148 strokes gain, uh, strokes gain putting advantage over the field per day. So he only, he picked up four strokes for the entire tournament, which is, is good. But uh, like, I think, uh, what was it? Uh, Jordan Spieth, I think it was strokes game putting was like 10 strokes the final round or something. I mean, he just putted like crazy. Um, now, Brooks Kepka's 2018 average was 0.168. So putted quite a bit better than his average, one stroke per round better than his average, um, but still not, not up there. We don't have a strokes game number um, because that is a obviously based on the field. Uh, his scrambling number, he was up and down 63% of the time on a very difficult golf course in his 2018 average was 63%. Our benchmark for scrambling, uh, which is essentially anywhere within 30 yards of the green, right, is 55%. So Brooks Kepka is just fine there as well. Hey, putting. And these putting numbers, again, they don't track putting in these tur individual tournaments to this degree. So we just look at 2018 numbers for the year. But putting from 20 to 25 feet, Brooks Kepka made 10% in 2018. Our benchmark is 9%. So very close there. 
Those that make less um, than 9%, uh, Jordan Spieth and Jim Furyk. Okay, putting from 15 to 20 feet, uh, 20%. Brooks Kepka makes 20% of those. Our benchmark is 17%, and those that make less than 17% in 2018 were Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, and Paul Casey. So again, a good benchmark there. Putting from 10 to 15 feet, Brooks Kepka makes 31% of those. Um, our benchmark is 28%. Patrick Reed, Keegan Bradley, and Francisco Molinari are players that make less than 28% from 10 to 15 feet. And five feet putt, five foot putts, excuse me. Um, Brooks Kepka makes 79% of those in 2018. Our benchmark is 80%. So Brooks Kepka would be one that it'd be below that, but also Ian Poulter and John Rahm. That would be, as far as putting goes, that would be the weakness for uh, Brooks Kepka, five feet, his five footers. Putts per round, Brooks Kepka averages 20.76 putts per round. Our benchmark is 30, so he's okay there. So again, looking at uh, this, it really... Brooks Kepka, I thought was fascinating, 57% of his fairways for, for this week, and that was his average, and then in scrambling, 63% for this week, and that's his average in 2018. But again, as you run across these numbers, these elite, these elite players, their numbers typically are above these benchmarks, all the way across. Well, some of the players that are less elite, right, 70, 60, 50% consistency ratings, making cuts, you'll see some of their numbers quite below these benchmarks. And that's where, the, that's where the inconsistency kind of hurts their elite status because they don't make cuts every single week. So I think that, that there's a nice correlation there. And we probably could come up with a pretty cool number to predict that year to year. But okay, so the money. This is always a fun part. So for his victory, Brooks Kepka was awarded $1.98 million, almost 2 million bucks. He did it in 272 strokes. So per day, he earned $495,000 for five hours of work, which equals out to $99,000 an hour, which is a good wage. Now that averages to his, his per stroke uh, take home was $7,279 per stroke is what he earned. As far as his career money, we like to look at this and see what his per-tournament take-home is when he makes a cut. So Brooks Kepka has earned in his career $24,583,929. He has made 96 cuts, as we talked about earlier today. So his per-tournament take-home, if he makes the cut, is $256,082. Per tournament, that's what he averages if you uh, throw this in. Those that are above that average, Tiger Woods, he averages $367,000 per cut. Roy McIlroy averages $334,000 per cut. Uh, Justin T- J- Dustin Johnson averages $293,000 per cut. And let's see, Justin Thomas averages $273,890 per cut. So those guys are above Brooks Kepka, but obviously Brooks Kepka is one of the elite in that regard. Cool. Okay, so just wanted to wrap this up then. I know it's been a little bit longer, but there's just so much cool data on this. 
I wanted to wrap it up with a comparison between Dustin Johnson and Brooke, uh, sorry, Brooks Kepka with their strokes gained numbers. And these are quite fascinating. So off the tee, Dustin Johnson actually led the field and gained 7.2 strokes on the field from the tee with his driver. Brooks Kepka was second at 6.8, excuse me, 6.7 strokes gained over the course of the tournament. So those two were very close. The tee ball was very important in finishing well at this golf course, period. That's where they dominated the field, finished one and two. Now, Brooks Kepka, this is where he sort of got out in front of the field and basically put the field away. His approach to the green, his approach shots, he gained on the field 9.5 strokes. That was number one position. T to green, again, because of off the tee in those numbers, 17.3 strokes on the field, finishing him in first. Obviously, his strokes gained total is based on his score. He finished first there as well. Um, where it's very interesting, his strokes gained putting was 1.148, which was one stroke higher than his average in 2018, but that put him at 46th place in the field for putting. So putting did not get it done for Brooks Kepka. Now around the green, which is 30 yards and in, Brooks Kepka only gained 1.1 stroke for the in the entire for the entire four rounds, only one stroke. Um, same thing with putting, only one stroke. That, but around the green, he finished 31st place. So again, it wasn't the short game around the green, and it wasn't putting. This tournament was won off the tee with the driver, and then the approach shots into the green. That's where he dominated, and that's where he won. And we look at uh, Dustin Johnson. He finished 14th in approach to the green and gained four strokes on the field. But he was putting. He finished 20th and gained three strokes on the field. Around the green, he finished 16th at essentially two strokes on the field. And tee to green, he finished third at 13 and a half. So if you look at Dustin Johnson's performance, he basically gained four strokes on the field every single round. Brooks Kepka gained 16 strokes on the field the first two days and then kind of held on for dear life and gained two strokes on the field the final two days. It was really two strokes on the field the third day and he lost only half a stroke on that final round to win by two. Um, it looked like he was playing horribly, but the course was so difficult that despite all the bogeys and the struggles that Brooks Kepka had on that final day, he only lost a half a stroke to the field. That's how difficult the course was playing. So all in all, Dustin Johnson played four more consistent days, but Brooks Kepka got, Brooks Kepka got so far ahead those first two days that the consistent play of Dustin Johnson couldn't catch him. So if you wanted to look at this as far as the tortoise and the hare, tortoise lost, right? The rabbit got out, sprinted out ahead, and then just sort of walked its way in and won this thing. So um, yeah, in this particular case, the fable doesn't work with the tortoise and the hare. Brooks Kepka got out to a very quick, fast lead and then held on 
and Dustin Johnson with his very consistent four strokes gained every single day wasn't able to catch his buddy. So a very cool tournament. Man, it was so fun, so interesting. I was completely enthralled with it that final day. Um, just a lot of fun to watch. A lot of good golf. A tough golf course. That is a big ballpark. And to watch folks just, I mean, these are the most elite players in the world. I would shoot a million on this course, right? I mean, it's just to watch them play and watch them, you know, just display their craft is it's so impressive and it's so fun to watch. And it just, golf is the greatest game in the world for so many different reasons. But the precision we see of these players at this day and age with this equipment and the agronomy and the, the course conditions. And it's just, it's fascinating. All of it is just beautiful and fascinating. And what a great, what a great, cool topic to talk about and geek out about. So hopefully that was as fun for you as it was for me putting it all together. The data on this one was fascinating. Just completely, just a geek fest for sure. But congratulations to Brooks Kepka. Very excited to see how he does at Pebble Beach. I'm sure there are going to be a lot of folks uh, gunning for him. He's taken, he's uh, as far as the Las Vegas odds maker go, he is the hands-on odds, odds-on favorite to win at Pebble Beach. But we'll see how that plays out. So until next time, this is Aaron Stewart saying thank you for joining us on this Data Monday. And until next time, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.